0: Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Lit AF Podcast with me, your host, Sarah Cohan. As always, I'm so excited to be back here with you this week, Servant of conversations about personal and spiritual growth for the recovering, fearful, avoidant attachment style. Of course, our topics range widely, and I'm very excited for today's guest, who is Ari Eastman. And today we're going to talk about sobriety. She is the host of Sobriety Tea. Spell in the T. And she's so funny, and I have a blast talking with her about her own sobriety journey as well as mine. And it's so funny because I haven't really talked that much about my sobriety on the podcast. Um, And we kind of explore why, which I I really enjoyed, and I've, I've thought about it a little bit since, but I feel like being sober has just been such a very natural part Of um, my life, (laughs) my process, and just where I'm at right now. So I don't know. I just, I don't feel like there's, it's not even like a question. It just is. And so um, it was so fun talking with her um, about the beginning of the journey and where she is at now and the bumps along the way. Oof, it is. It's um, it's wild. And so <laughs> I can't wait to get into this week's episode. Before I do, I want to have my usual weekly check-in. I want to share with you folks a wonderful opportunity that I have for an internship to come work with the Lit AF podcast. So I'm looking for uh, podcast production intern. They're going to help with posting weekly episodes, getting kind of all the um, metadata ready and also the social media ready, which is my favorite part of all of this. It's so fun to make uh, content <laughs> throughout the week that talks about each episode. So if you're interested and if you have about 10, 10 hours a week, Um, and you want to come work with me, I would love to. It's so fun. I'm a wonderful boss. (laughs) Just toot my own horn a little bit. And it's a really fun, creative job. So if you're down with the personal growth, and if you want to make fun videos that are hilarious, come join the team. If you're in the Bay Area, you and I will get a chance to work together. But I'm also accepting remote applications. So um, I think it'll be super, super fun. It's for the summer. Um, I have a flexible start date, but by May, June, um, and then, you know, through the next three months. So if that sounds like you, if you are interested in learning more, you can visit sarahcohan.com. That's S A R A H C O H A N.com forward slash internship. You can read the description there. You can apply there. Um, You can also just DM me if you had some more information or some questions. Um, I asked you to put together like a fun little exercise and put together like a sample post um, and share your favorite social media channel that you're following. So it's fun. And I would I would really love to work with you. Um, once again, if you're interested in applying, it is com forward slash internship. That's S-A-R-A-H-C-O-H-A-N.com forward slash internship. Just so you know, if you are – ideally, I'm looking for someone that is um, able to trade this for college credit – but if that does not describe you and what, what you want to like trade something else, I'm very open to that conversation. Happy, happy to talk more about that. And that could mean a lot of different things. I'm happy to get creative with it. But yeah, I want to work with you and I'd love to see, I'd love to see your ideas um, to spice up the show because it's my favorite thing. It's my favorite thing. All right. Um, What else for my check-in? I feel like I had so many announcements for all of you this week, and now the internship is the only one that I can actually remember. Um, Last week, I talked about the gifts of insecure attachment types, and it was such a fun show to do because I feel like these are things that we don't often talk about, and it also just shows me that I'm Kind of uh, where I am in my path, where I'm able to like actually turn around and be like, fuck, dude, yes, like I really appreciate that I got that. And, you know, I'm really proud of that. So (laughs) the reason I share that is because I do offer an amazing meditation on my website. It's for free, it's eight minutes. And this meditation is just to start to get you into a feeling state. So, feeling your emotions and um, exploring them in your body. When I started healing my attachment style, I could not feel emotions. They were not allowed because I was leaning very heavily dismissive avoidant. So if this is you, if you are not very comfortable with emotions, when someone asks you what emotion feels like, and you say it it feels gray, which was my answer. First of all, I'm sending you so much love and compassion. And also, you know, use the meditation. I used to do this meditation every single night for like six months or something like that. And it was amazing because I just got to get more comfortable with emotions in my body. Um, And this is a free tool for you to use. I I made it for you in your own healing journey. So if you're interested, you can download it at sarahcohan.com forward slash freebies. And I really hope that it helps you on your own journey of starting to crack open and um, allow yourself to feel feelings. Take it slow. If you really do lean heavily dismissive avoidant, I highly recommend taking it real slow. Know where your limits are and know that you have to take breaks because feeling emotions is is really not safe for those of us that have um, leaned heavily dismissive avoidant. And so um, it can be kind of like, you know, (laughs) whiplash when you first do it. (laughs) So especially because um, having emotions wasn't safe. So all of a sudden, if you're having emotions and you're like, "Uh, this is not safe. So I want you to do it really, really slowly in your own time and at your own pace, and maybe you know you just do first minute of the of the meditation, second minute of the meditation, and then maybe up to three minutes in like the following week or something like that, or maybe the next month, or maybe this is a year long process. Um, but yeah, I uh, want to mention that in case you are interested. But yeah, and I guess my last announcement will just be um, sharing this podcast with friends if you are listening and you enjoy this podcast, um, please, please leave a review. If you're in the Apple podcast app, you can hit the rating and leave a review. Um, this really helps other people to find the podcast and to find these free resources, free conversations on healing. And, and, please, please, please share with a friend. I um, think we've got some hilarious content on here. <laughs> it's easy listening. So if you have someone that's on a healing journey that um, wants a little laugh while they're along the way, send send this episode to them. I would appreciate it. So thank you. All right. Without further ado, I love that. It's so Shakespearean. Without further ado, much ado about nothing. Let's get into this week's episode with Ari Eastman. Uh, All right. So Ari, please introduce yourself and tell us like, Tell us what you're about.
1: Yeah. Well, my name is Ari, and I am a writer, a content creator, which I'm really getting over my issues with saying content creator for so long. I was like, (laughs) it's such, I don't know what it is, if it's just our associations that it's like this cringy term, but I'm like, no, that's what I do. I create content online. So um, yeah, content creator. I'm a Pisces. I live in Los Angeles. Oh. I ha- I have to say that. Yeah. Um, I've not explored this, but I do have a I do have a theory that doesn't have much to back it up besides like, you know, very little, like anecdotal experience. That I think Pisces tend to have addiction issues, but that's mm. that's for maybe another podcast. And again, Love that. really, really Nothing to back it up, so come okay. for me for that. But and um, <laughs> I'm sober. I've been sober for almost two and a half years, and yeah, I definitely like to share about it, my experiences, um, mental health stuff, and just uh, as I say, I'm just a chronic overshare on the internet. I'm a podcast <laughs> host.
0: I love it, Ari. You are you're so funny. You're so vulnerable. I love it. you the name of her podcast is Sobriety. And you're spilling the tea about sobriety, which I fucking love. (laughs) Thank you. Whenever I listen to it, I'm like, plus one. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) So thanks for being here. I appreciate that. Yeah. And today we're going to talk about sobriety, which is not really something that I have explored a whole ton on the show, except to talk about like that I don't drink, that I quit drinking. Um, So I'm really excited to dig in with you today about <clears throat> kind of your journey of getting there and like what, you know, we're just, we're going to cover it all. Like what was hard? What was good? And like what are the gifts? What are the gifts that you're receiving and like pushes you to keep going? So,
1: yeah, totally. Well, so with sobriety, for you, has it been something, just kind of going off what you said, is it something that you have just sort of not talked about? Has it been a conscious decision to not talk about it? Or like how open are you with it? Because I always, I always think there's an interesting like, um, I've found people hit a point where suddenly there's much more comfort in discussing mm. it. And mm-hmm. for me, like, I didn't really openly talk about it until, I mean, maybe six months. But for sure when I hit a year is when I started mm. talking about it more. So I wonder, like, how, sense, how, yeah. how has that been for you?
0: Yeah. I would – like, I think my, j- my journey is pretty similar. Like, six months in, I was like, I don't know how to talk about this. <laughs> and then a year in, I was able to, like, really process and, like – share kind of what I was going through. And then I would say to answer your first question is, it's almost like it's just a part of who I am. And because like AA wasn't involved and like, I don't know, the whole word recovery didn't really apply to me. So it just felt like this is something that I um, love and I do talk about with friends, but because it like, it'll come up on the podcast previously as like, oh yeah, I quit, uh, quit drinking when I quit smoking and let me talk about addiction now. Or it'll be like, yeah, I quit I quit drinking two years ago, and now it's so great whenever I'm like trying to meditate. you know. But it's not like I'm gonna want to like dig in and actually like talk to somebody about it, probably because wh- whoever I'm interviewing isn't necessarily sober. That's sure. probably what it is. Sure, yeah, sure.
1: That makes sense. It's, <laughs> yeah well, there, there's a, little, a strange kind of, I think, awkwardness in society. like if you're not in a sober space uh-huh. to talk about it, and I think that, Obviously, now at this point, since I do a podcast about it and I post about it so much, I've sort of forced myself out of it. But there was definitely a while where there's like a fear of making other people uncomfortable or there's like a discomfort in your own sobriety for other people, which is so strange because I'm like, trust me, I'd be making you all a lot more uncomfortable if I was still drinking and you were around me. <laughs> trust me, my sobriety is much more comfortable to be around. But Totally. the idea of even kind of bringing it up, I think, um, yeah, mm. I felt like I didn't want to burden people with right. the, like, oh, I'm sober, even though really that has nothing to do, especially- random people like the idea of yeah. talking about it online or sharing it this like fear of of making other people uncomfortable and that's just something that i think in general uh, we as a society have issues with you know the the fear that we're going to make someone uncomfortable even if it's totally. like bene- benefits us and it's better for us and it's um mm-hmm. and yet we can talk about drinking culture we can t- we can make jokes about you know blacking out and all this stuff and that's totally fine that's totally normalized but the second you're like hey I'm sober or I stopped drinking people are like oh like what's that all about and it's such a strange thing that I think um yeah it took me a while too and I still have my moments I thought about the other day like you know I thought I um I'm in a relatively new job right now and I thought um Oh, like how would I feel if someone I work with stumbled upon, I don't know, some of my content and Mm -hmm. I had to have the discussion that I'm sober. And I did have that sort of impulse for a second of like, oh, I wish I hadn't shared so much when like that is that's that's my journey. That's my life. Like that should have no bearing. And if someone was uncomfortable like that has really nothing to do with me and and it's so in our heads too. It's like the majority of people too that I actually talk to about it, they're like, cool, great. Yeah, great. They, don't, they don't care. I mean, they're like happy for me, but they don't care. They don't take it like 100%. personally. And the people who take it personally, usually there's something else going on there. There's some like projection 100%. or yes. something. Like that's, that's the only time I have found when people are like truly weird about it. Yeah. when maybe oh. they don't want to explore their relationship with alcohol and i get it exactly. i've been i've been that way too in the past so uh, what yeah, are some of but, the reactions
0: you've gotten from like telling people and they like freak out
1: well i had i think and this was actually early before i had even gotten sober but i was definitely coming to terms with the fact that i had a drinking problem and i had one friend at the time who i sort of kind of like half, half half-heartedly opened up to like, oh, I think I should stop drinking. Like, oh, I'm a little worried about it. And she very kind of quickly was like, you're not an alcoholic. Like, I I drink way more than you. Like, you're not, like, don't worry about it. And, and definitely there was, I felt like pressure to be like, oh, I guess I'm fine then. Like, if she says I'm fine, I'm fine. And, I'm going to keep going with my problem so that you feel better about yours. (laughs) Right. And like, listen, I have no idea. Like, you know, we're not really in contact anymore. So I and I'm not going to speak on other people's relationships with alcohol. But I did find it interesting that her reasoning for why I must not have a problem, which, hey, I clung on to when she said that, was that she's like, well, I drink more than you. Right. And, you know, you're not an alcoholic. I drink more than you. And uh, that was great for me, the alcoholic, to hear because I'm like, great. All right, cool. So, yeah, I can, I can I keep can going. Drink more? Yeah. <laughs> so long as I have to just drink less than this person, then that means I don't have a problem. But yeah, so it's that kind of projection, I think, of um, totally. because, yeah, there's a fear for people that you're judging them or. Maybe they have to explore something they're not ready to explore. So I, I try to I try to not take any of that stuff personally and I don't run into it that often, quite frankly, sometimes on the internet with comments. But for the most part, it's just it's it's easier also with more time and sobriety to go like, that's not my thing. That's your thing.
0: hmm hmm Oh, my favorite was I was at a wedding and one of my really good friends came up to me and he was like so drunk. He was like literally about to black out but wasn't quite there yet, you know? Yeah. And he was like, tell me how you got sober. I just like need to do it. And I was just like, oh, oh my God, you're not going to remember this conversation.
1: <laughs> I know. And I, I so did shit like that too because you're like – when you're drunk, like, the amount of yes. times I drunk dialed, like, alcohol hotlines to be like, I think I should stop drinking, and then the next day being like, no, nah, nah, I think that was an overreaction.
0: Yeah, that was a one-off.
1: Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, oh. no, been there. Been there. Sounds or, like, funny. I remember what's, this is so embarrassing, and I actually found it the other day. I can't remember if I talked about it on the podcast or not, but I'm a big fan of Marc Maron, Marin, um, his podcast, and just, like. You know, uh, him in general, I, uh, you know, for me, he's got like bitter old Jewish daddy energy, which I'm attracted to because obviously there's something Freudian going on there for me. But <laughs> I found like an old email that I sent to, I'm sure his like podcast team that, you know, oh doesn't, he's not reading. And I'm clearly <laughs> drunk in it, but I'm telling him how he's the reason I'm sober or getting sober or like he's my Mm. inspiration and like all this stuff and this long thing and I'm like I am clearly drunk in this email and (laughs) and then I said I ended it with like if I see you at a show can I give you a hug it's just like (laughs) so bad just truly so bad but that's the shit you do too when you're like drunk and kind of you're in that you're in that cycle but you know there's an issue and especially when you're drunk and you're like I don't want to be doing this anymore but then it just resets yep. the next day
0: It's completely resets and you're just you're in that cycle you're in the cycle yeah yeah oh it's brutal
1: how long have you been sober <clears throat>
0: so I've been sober March, it's officially March so two years
1: oh wow that's yeah. so exciting that's a yeah, huge number
0: so just, just a little behind you yeah And I did – I did break my sobriety in December in Mexico, which was planned. And I'm so glad I did because I was thinking about having a drink literally since the moment I booked my tickets to go to Mexico, so it was six months away. And I was like, I'm going to have a drink on Christmas Eve. That's how I'm going to celebrate. Yeah. And we got Mezcal because I fucking love Mezcal or at least I thought I loved Mezcal. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And I'm so glad that I broke my sobriety because – it just completely reinforced the fact that I am sober. And I and now I don't have to have that curiosity anymore. Like now I don't have yeah. to feel that like the little feeling of like missing out,
1: you know? Yeah. But for you, it was even a plan thing. A lot of people mm-hmm. talk about the fact that like these moments of whether you call them relapse, a slip up, a, a plan to break sobriety, mm-hmm. that that is often, not always, but often a part of people's sobriety process and Mm. recovery process in general and like you said it's like you got you you got something out of that experience you know yeah so was it kind of like an immediate were you like yeah no this is (laughs) the moment I want to go back to being sober (laughs) the moment I had a
0: drink I was so anxious it was just like I don't I was like wait a second I'm already so anxious I don't need more I'm pouring more anxiety into myself why am I doing this Totally. And then, all of a sudden, I was like <clears throat> worried about you know who how I was acting and and it was in Mexico so I was with my Mexican family, so I was speaking Spanish at the same time, so I'm just like really hyper cognizant and like too aware of myself yeah, and then i was and then I woke up the next morning, and I totally had the like um the hangover anxiety it was just like a roll it was like moment after moment after moment of anxiety, but this time the anxiety was just like uncontrollable. And it was about money. And I was just like, what? Like, this isn't something that I've experienced in so long, but it was so – I couldn't control it. It was just like fear after fear after fear after fear was just coming into my brain. And I was like, oh, I know where this is coming from. It's coming from that mezcal I had last night.
1: (laughs) Right, right. You're like, oh. Well – also, too, I think that the idea to – I mean, not not like riding a bike because, you know, you don't want to ride that bike all the time. But I'm sure there are like neural pathways or things that are being – like sort of lit up or, you know, anxieties mm. or things that are that if we've been doing a pattern of it, right, even mm-hmm. if we take a long break that it comes back and I would imagine it doesn't surprise me that it would even come back sort of with a vengeance of like that anxiety. And like I have and I'm kind of grateful for them, even though they fucking suck and I hate them. I have relapsed drinking dreams like all the time still, mm. even to this day. I have them all the time. And are they nightmares? They're nightmares. They're never good. I had one, one time in all of the times I've had dreams about drinking since getting sober. One dream where it was like good, but it involved a toxic guy. So it still wasn't good. And (laughs) thanks dream. Yeah. I'm like, cool. (laughs) Let me text him. But it was every single time I lose a car, I crash a car. I, I loop spend all of my money. I get fired. My mom cries like every single time I have one of these dreams, something horrible happens and they suck because I'm sure my cortisol is like spiking while I'm sleeping and I wake up and I wake up and I'm like, great, don't feel rested at all. But they're nice reminders because I get to wake up and go, oh, yeah, no, that's that's didn't happen. But that's what my brain is telling me could happen if I start drinking again. So I appreciate their existence. They're not great if I have. A busy day ahead of me and then I don't feel rested and then I also feel that anxiety of um, I don't know if it's left over from drinking but I have so much anxiety about doing something that I don't remember doing because obviously I did it a lot and Mm -hmm. even now I've noticed that I will have I'm totally I shouldn't put this into like the criminals minds out there but I'm totally someone that you could set up and like frame for a crime because someone could tell me I did something that I'm pretty sure I didn't do, and if oh they God. told me enough, I'd be like, I guess I did. I you must know? have done it. <laughs> yeah, and so I have that kind of reoccurring sort of anxiety mm. sometimes when I wake up of like, what did I do last night? Even though I know I just went to bed, but it's I think it's a left. It's like a leftover trauma from putting myself through that for for years. So yeah, I totally get that of it just kind of coming back. And yeah, I mean, our body remembers, you know
0: for sure. Yeah. So tell us about your sobriety journey. How did it
1: how did it start? So, I would say I so I didn't drink until I turned 21. I was a very anxious child. I mean, I'm an anxious I'm an anxious adult as well, but very <laughs> anxious child. Very scared of doing anything that I wasn't supposed to, anything that was like illegal. So I didn't drink until I turned 21. And even then I was kind of like wary of it in the beginning. I've gotten better, but I have a pretty terrible fear of throwing up, which kept me from drinking for quite a while because that's what's depicted. You know, you get drunk, you throw up. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. and so I was like, I don't want to ever have that happen to me. So even when I turned 21, I remember like in college, they, you know, my friends threw this big party for me and it's like, of course, it's like, oh, we're going to get Ari so drunk because she waited (laughs) and like, you know, and I would take shots. And then when no one was looking, I'd spit them out. And I would like, I would like spit them back into my chaser cup. And like, I had like, I I wasn't even, I don't even think I was tipsy on my 21st birthday. Like, I think I probably had the equivalent of like one glass of, what's that like super cheap champagne that people drink in? um, Andre. Andre. Andre, yes. Fuck yeah. Andre. I had like one glass of Andre probably in total. Because I just kept spitting things out and like hiding and like, I just like, because I didn't want to like let people down. Because it's like it's my twenty first, and like people I remember people um iced me. Is that what it's called when you, you're, yeah, given, but I was gluten free at the time. so i i I looked at it, and I, there's a picture of me looking at the ingredients. and I'm like, I don't <laughs> think I can drink this. <laughs> so so I was very, like nervous around it. It's it didn't like start for me really quickly. and even going, you know, into bars now that I was allowed to, it was I was still very. Careful, and then I think it just started more with like you know you have wine with your with your roommates you ha- you know you it's 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 a casual it's a small thing it's not a big thing, but looking back I even remember like the way a glass of wine would affect me versus my roommates was different like you know they'd have a glass of wine and they're still them I'd have a glass of wine and my personality would sort of change not into a negative way but I would just become like this clown and I would be like running around the apartment and doing weird shit and trying to make everyone laugh and just being uh, different, being different than I was naturally. I mean, I am a clown who would run around and try to make people laugh, but (laughs) exaggerated. And um, then I, I wouldn't say it really started to become more of an issue until after college and I was working for a website as a writer and there was just like a lot of pressure to constantly produce viral hits and write about your traumas and all of this stuff. And I was like mining my own life for content, which I've always done and I continue to do. But yeah, you're in your bedroom. So you're you're, you're drinking a glass of wine and then that wine becomes like a bottle before you know it. And then once I moved to LA and I really wasn't around family and there was really no one to sort of not that they were even keeping an eye, but I was keeping an eye on them, maybe uh-huh. keeping an uh-huh. eye. Uh-huh. Then it really just kind of took off. And yeah, I was drinking like, it, I used to think that, oh, I just drink wine and that's how I justified it for a very long time. And I didn't really throw up. So I was like, oh, I'm, I, I'm fine. I totally I'm, don't have- I'm golden. An issue. <laughs> I don't have an issue. Yeah, I would feel like shit every single day of my life, but I'm like, I've uh-huh. never had a hangover because I don't throw up. It's like, no girl, you were <laughs> living a hangover. Yeah. So then um, it just got it just got really bad. And I was isolating. I was drinking like more than a bottle of wine a night. I was really choosing that over socializing with, you know, my boyfriend at the time, my friends. Yeah. And my anxiety and my, my depression. I mean, I thought at the time my anxiety had gotten better, but it's it just because my depression had gotten so bad that it was masking everything. And I remember just thinking like, oh, my antidepressant clearly doesn't work anymore. It's like, no, I was <laughs> I was just drinking so much that I was making it ineffective. And um, yeah, so then I had probably a couple years of trying to get sober, but not really because I wasn't really telling anyone. I was, you know, tuning into podcasts, watching shows and telling myself like, okay, you're going to go like a week and probably like a year of cycling in and out of that. Yeah, but now it's been two and I think like it's been it's been two years and five months. It'll be six months uh, at the end of this month. And I don't really know what it is about the one night that kind of just shifted things. But I just was like, I can't, I'm done. I was like, I'm done. I'm done with this. I'm so miserable. And it's never going to stop. And um, and I also I didn't do AA. I didn't do um any sort of traditional uh, 12 step. But um, for me, I just leaned really heavily on podcasts and books and TV. And I even tell people too, like my first month, I was like, I barely left my room. Like I was just like a lump in bed and I would just like watch shows. I mean, I was probably changing into different binging behavior because I was watching so (laughs) much TV, but that was what was gonna work for me. You know, it was just like stay in my cocoon and just don't go to Whole Foods. Don't walk past the wine aisle. Mm. Just stay here. And then after those 30 days, like, all of a sudden it's 60 days and 90 days. And after 90 days, it got so much easier. Like, then it just kind of became who I was again. Back to what I, you know, before I ever drank.
0: Hey there. I hope you're enjoying this week's episode. I know I am. If you're enjoying the Lit AF podcast, I humbly ask you to make a financial contribution to the Lit AF tip jar. Your support will help make this podcast happen. Financial contributions help to cover costs like podcast hosting site, podcast recording software, and it also helps us to pay our amazing talented podcast editor that brings us these sweet episodes every single week monthly and one-off donation options are available and we've got some sweet thank you gifts for everyone participating if you're interested in making your financial con- contribution please visit sarahcohan.com forward slash tip jar that's s-a-r-a-h-c-o-h-a-n.com forward slash tip jar now back to this week's episode thank you so much So were you ever triggered by like going – because it sounds like you were drinking at home. So was going out and drinking ever a trigger for you or was it really just like seeing the wine in the grocery store or seeing the bottle of wine at home?
1: I think it was more so that, although definitely if I was out, I was drinking because being out was was an anxiety trigger because, I, you know, I'm a socially anxious person in kind of new environments. Um, But – What was weird is I had to kind of almost like um, re-establish a relationship with my room in a weird way because that's where I did a lot of my drinking. And even like small things where, you know, I had one chair that I would sit in and drink and like literally I tell people I was such a boring alcoholic. I would play (laughs) The Sims and like text A guy I had chemistry class with, you know, (laughs) sophomore year and be like, hey, Steve. And he's like, who's this? Like, I was just, you know, I wasn't doing super damaging things. But yeah, and I would even had to be like, okay, I can't sit in this chair because this is where I sit and I drink. And I had to like sit in a different chair, kind of stuff like that. But, um, But I also just really avoided going out probably my first six months and then the pandemic ended up happening so then I was like oh this is good for at least my yeah good for my sobriety um but it was less of a trigger and even now I would say I don't feel triggered now I don't really go to dive bars but I don't feel triggered when I'm out and people order drinks if I'm um, in that kind of environment do I get annoyed when people are Sloppy drunk, yeah, a little, but probably the same way other people just get annoyed. Like, I don't know so much if that has to do with my sobriety, and more just like if people are drunk and annoying, they're drunk and annoying, you know?
0: Totally, totally, yeah, they're just annoying, (laughs) yeah, yeah. But no,
1: that the wine, the wine aisle was like a big trigger for a long time because that was just like, and then in Trader Joe's, I remember being like, I couldn't go to Trader Joe's for a long time because the one where I live, the way you would get into line was yeah. they would weave you in and out of the freaking wine aisle and i was like what the fuck and i remember thinking like <laughs> all these things that dawn on you that yeah. you don't think if you're not in recovery if you don't have an you know a, a, an issue yeah. and i'm just like what the hell like i know there's a lot of people who this is not good for it's so triggering like, like redirected <laughs> like- <laughs>
0: And they're like, this is where we make all our money, so. I know.
1: Yeah, Uh, no, for real. Yeah, literally like weaving in and out. And I would just be like standing there looking around like, what the hell? (laughs) This this feels like a trap.
0: (laughs) It is. Trust me, it is. It is. It is. (laughs) That's wild. Yeah, for me, the pandemic hit literally the weekend that I quit. The weekend that I went to LA, I partied my brains out and – I woke up not remembering what had happened the night before. I looked at yeah. all my text messages, and I had just gone fucking bonkers texting all these people and like new friends, you know. And I was just like, uh,
1: Fuck. "Isn't it the worst?" You're like, oh, "Why do I be your friend? Why do I do that? Like, <laughs> why? Like, why does the brain do that? I don't understand." It was
0: so- and then I literally texted the the one friend that I had just met. I was like, "So sorry, I was really drunk last night." He's like, "I know," and I'm like, "Oh my god, <laughs> we're never hanging out again." No.
1: <laughs> the worst did you have you ever had it where you could see the text i would delete my text which was horrible cuz i would in the in the drunkenness i'd be like
0: feeling shame yeah. I don't Damn. really The worst though
1: is when you would look and like I would also call people and I'm not really mm-hmm. a call person in general. And when you look and you see that you had like a 30 minute conversation with someone and you're like, <laughs> what the fuck? Oh yeah. Like what happened? Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. What did we talk about?
0: Yeah. I had the called worst. my husband. I had no memory of talking to him at all. And I'm just like, we had just done 30 days, no drinking together. I go to LA for one weekend. I let it all out. Yeah. <laughs> and The again, monster like, comes out. <laughs> the monster came right out. She was like, you put me to bed and now we're coming out full force. Uh, and it's like what you said in the beginning of like normies that can just have one drink and yeah. that's it. I just couldn't do it. So yeah, I felt like ass. I think it was hungover for 248 hours and I was just like I'm done. That weekend was the beginning of the pandemic. So That's so crazy. It was crazy and also such a gift because no one was going out. And so instead of drinking more during the pandemic, which I know a lot of people did, I just was like this is no longer a part of of who I am. So, I mean, my my kitchen is still full of alcohol. My husband still drinks, but it, it was just like I don't ever want to. I don't ever want to touch that again, except for when I go to Mexico and have a glass of mezcal.
1: Right, right, right. Well, it's also yeah. it's like, I think it's like a kind of like talking to you about like gifts of sobriety. It's like when you, it's a, it's pivoting how you look at it and the idea of like I can't have this thing ever again. It's like no, I don't like. I don't. I don't want that thing. I don't want no. that thing. Like how amazing that I, you know. I get to choose to not drink that because I don't want to drink that. And um, I think that's what, uh, there's like a lot of fears too for people. And I had this too of like depriving yourself and, and, you know, it comes in waves. I don't want to say that it completely disappears. Like we're human beings, but once you kind of, I don't know, like can shift your perspective a bit to like, no, this thing brings me misery and like sobriety it brings me joy. Then you're like, oh, I'm not depriving myself. I'm getting right. all. I'm gaining stuff. I'm not losing. I'm gaining, and I didn't feel like I felt like that in the, my first like. I, well, I would say my first, my first couple of weeks. Like I said, I was like a total blob. And then once I started to feel a little bit of energy coming back and feeling just more like myself again, I was. I was. I started doing all these like weird crafts and like I'm not really an artistic person but I was like painting and doodling and doing all this stuff and I'm like this is so cool because normally I would just be drinking like this would my hours would be dedicated to drinking and doing something destructive and now I'm just like having fun painting am I good at it no I'm fucking horrible but (laughs) how fun that I'm trying something and I get to gain all this time and energy back to discover other hobbies and discover other things that are fun. And um, yeah, that's, I think, a good perspective for people to have with sobriety once you get past the really like painful stuff. And also, also I, I tell people too, like we all have different levels of dependence and then, you know, some people can cold turkey it. Some people mm-hmm. can't cold turkey it. And and from a medical standpoint, it's really important to like discuss things with your doctor. And and we d- we can't all just do it in the same way. And there's no shame in that. And it's all about doing it in like the safest way for you. But for me, since I did do it cold turkey, I was like, yeah, I can just do whatever the fuck I want now. Like, you know, I can be whoever <laughs> yeah. I want. And, and I can do all of these cool projects that... I don't finish half of them, but like how fun that I got to try something. And that's, yeah, that's a huge gift. Cause you, you gain, you gain back time and energy and getting to like redefine yourself really, or go back to, I felt a lot. Like I was going back to like the heart of who I was. Like I felt very childlike in a good way. Um, and yeah, a lot of that sort of like childlike joy of just like, you know, walking down the street and you want to like dance, you know, you're just like, yeah. I, I had those moments in early sobriety with, with, which is common with like a pink cloud. Cause you're getting this like euphoria back because your brain is sort of making dopamine again. And, right. and I just remember thinking like, this is so fun and so great. Like, why would I ever want what, what people tell me is fun, which is going out right. and drinking and getting fucked up but I know that that's actually like horrible for me. So no, like um, people who can do that and have fun, that's great. That's not fun for me. You know? And it's just oh, shifting so that, big, I man. think. I love
0: that. One of my questions to you was gonna be, what do you do with all your free time <laughs> now that you're sober? And I I love that you just already answered that.
1: <laughs> well, well, listen, that was early sobriety. I feel yeah, like yeah, yeah. I feel like now um I was so much more productive in early sobriety because uh-huh. Fresh like energy, with, yeah, and that's like with anything, right? You're like so motivated totally. in the beginning. Totally. I'm like, now, now, do I sit around and 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 watch a a bunch of I don't know videos on YouTube and like you know just do a lot of nothing? Yes, but <laughs> that's fine. That's also within my personality to like you know sit there and consume a lot of content. But um, yeah, no, I mean, I definitely like I remember in like the first couple months, I'm like, I'm gonna learn French. <laughs> I don't even remember my Duolingo password like I you know, didn't, didn't didn't go anywhere with that so but I mean I started a podcast like yeah. you know there's definitely other creative projects that um that I wouldn't have stuck to or committed to or had the energy to do if I was still drinking so um yeah I think probably just that like getting back to the heart of like creative projects and and Yeah. Exploring things that I like and exploring things that I don't like. Like that's that's purposeful too. uh, getting to see what you like, and what you don't like. And when you're drinking, for me and my experience, it's just also dulled that you go along with things that you don't like and you're just you don't you're it's harder to have a sense of who you are because everything is numb. So you don't really know. And like so many people even that I spent time with that I'm like, I don't like them like, why was I spending time with them? <laughs> yep. And like, but you don't well, get to don't know to that, that until you're sober, because right. then all your feelings and abilities to um, think critically come back.
0: Exactly. Saying the word no was so hard for me when I was drinking. So hard. No, I don't want to keep going to that bar. No, I don't need that second drink. <laughs> like, it just, no, I don't want to keep partying. Like, it just, it was so hard to say. And now I'm Kind of leaning more towards the other side. Yeah. <laughs> now I probably need to say yes a little more, yeah, but totally. I needed to. I needed to rebound a little bit and, like you know, get in the yeah. no habit a little bit. The
1: Pendulum will swing back yes. to where it needs to be. Yes, exactly.
0: Yeah. yeah, for sure. So it was it was fun being on the no side for a little bit. I had a friend who was quitting Joel. She helped me, so I was totally addicted to Joel. I was. I've smoked nicotine for twenty years. The very end switched to Juul, which was mean that meant that I was smoking more, vaping more. Yeah, and I had a really, really wonderful friend who was helping me quit because she was, you know, on the Juul as well. And she was like fifty years old, so I was like, okay, I'm in good company here. Like we're not teenagers. We're yeah. we are vaping in the bathroom at our work, but like that's okay, you know. So one she one thing that she told me during her whole she just mapped out exactly how she did it, and it was like great. I'm going to do exactly that. And then at the end of it, she was like, yeah, so now that I don't smoke anymore, I just have, like, a lot more time to kind of think about, like, really big, important questions. <laughs> like, like what? And she's like, you know, like, why the fuck are we on he- this planet? Like, what is the meaning of life? And I was just yeah. like, oh, okay. <laughs>
1: yeah. You're like, oh, shit. Maybe I'm not ready to think about yeah. those things. <laughs> should I keep vaping so I can avoid that? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You're like pass me the jewel. I don't want to think about I don't wanna think about the purpose of my existence. No.
0: Fill my time with something else. Yeah.
1: It's true. (laughs) Those those philosophical moments, right? Of like which can which can definitely cause anxiety too. I mean, it's I think it's I have those frequently as well. And then that is why it's important, I think, to have those things that you can self-soothe with or cope with or like numb a little bit, but just it depends on, I guess. Uh, what the substance or what the thing is you're using to numb because like as human beings, right? Like we can't, I don't, I don't think we're meant to like constantly process those things cause it's just too much, you know, like we're the, we're like, you know, we're, we're given this, this gift and this curse of being like an animal that knows we're going to die. Like, and then yeah. it, that's just such a, sometimes I wish I didn't know that. <laughs> like I'm yeah. like, sometimes I look at other animals and I'm like, I would love to be a cow yes. and just like, roam around and and, and 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 eat and and not be worried but you know whatever we're just so smart we were just <laughs> given these big old brains but yeah I think it's like you also have to find your moments too to be like I'm gonna check out for a little bit yeah. but but it's the stuff of like but with like al- alcohol and like even nicotine and and other things that are already chemically addictive it's such a it's such a dice roll because it's just so easy to check out and then all of a sudden be like, fuck, I can't even check back in. And, you know, there's a lot of things. I mean, people talk about social media. Like I'm sure I have a social media addiction, but, um, but we can't, but we're never going to like completely be void of those things that help us take a moment to be like, I'm going to step out of reality for a bit. But I think as long as you can step back in when you need to, that's, that's the biggest difference.
0: Yeah. So what do you use now to self-soothe and like cope with anxiety?
1: I mean, I would say uh, listen, I'm a I'm a big proponent of therapy. I think that it's it's it sucks that it's still something that is um not accessible to everybody and 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 I I I understand how it's not always easy for everyone to just like go get a therapist for whatever reason. Um but yeah, I mean, I think therapy is very beneficial and it I also just like going for like a short walk not not even I'm not a big like fitness person like exercise whatever you need exercise to live I know blah 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 blah. but I don't want to go out and do some crazy like hike or or fitness thing but just like taking myself out of my brain for a bit and going for like a 15 minute 30 minute walk I live in a really beautiful neighborhood that has like all these unique houses and just stuff like that. Like I think sometimes it's hard to get myself to want to go do it, but I always feel better afterward. And I think that just sometimes even just like a slow repetitive thing is is helpful, um whether that's I don't know, even things like I don't know, folding your laundry or doing these kind of these kind of things where you your brain is f- focused on a task. That's been helpful for me and then yeah, I mean, listen, I, I love I love TV. I love movies. I'm a big pop culture um, fan. So sometimes I soothe out with some shitty reality TV. Is it? I'm like, is it good that I'm self soothing with like uh, terrible people being terrible? I don't know. But I'm I can't, I can't I don't have time to explore every single thing I do. And whether they're all perfectly healthy or not, but definitely this is an early but, sobriety. Come yeah,
0: on, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say the walk, um, and then that's that's the healthy one, and then the unhealthy one is maybe like shitty reality TV. I love that,
0: or Which even is, like,
1: like way even
0: healthier. One hundred
1: percent. And I've even noticed, like, for me, another thing that was really good for me to self soothe is like I-, I liked holding, I liked holding a glass, right? Like when I was drinking, there was something I don't know. What the chemistry makeup of it is, but the holding of the glass is like it's like yes. you're, it's like a blanket or something, you know. It's like yes, it's like you're a pacifier. And so I, I mean, I'm I'm peeing like 50 times a day because I'm always drinking tea or like sometimes I'll even just drink like hot water. And just the act of having like a mug in my hand is very soothing. And so it's just switching to um, a liquid that's not um, gonna give me cancer. You know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or a hangover or a headache or
1: or text oh God, drunk you know, every single person. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Thank you so much. <laughs> I love yeah, that never, idea. Never, I've never texted yeah, I've never texted, you know, like a, a guy I matched with on hinge and told him like, you know, my deepest trauma and we haven't met. <laughs> Because I was drinking tea, you know. Because you were drinking chamomile tea, yeah. Yeah, no, yeah, no, yeah. no, no, no hasn't no. happened.
0: <laughs> It'll be a much slower, like, getting to know. Yeah, period.
1: Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Love that.
0: <laughs> I love that too because I remember when I was um, went to like my first couple of parties, not drinking. Oh my god, it was like the, you know so anxiety ridden, and I didn't know like the pacifier thing that just having something in your hand is so relaxing, but I wasn't quite sure yet. Like, okay, can I just get water? What are going to be the NA options? Like, <laughs> and then of course overthinking of like, everyone's going to notice that I'm not drinking. Right. No one gives, no one gives two shits.
1: Right. It's our special no person syndrome. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Everyone it's- honestly thinks that I am drinking. So it's like, it yeah. just doesn't even, yeah. just doesn't even matter. But like, Finally, when I figured out just having a little glass of something and then exploring N.A. beverage options and just having fun with it has been so amazing and so fun and really helps me feel better at a social engagement.
1: Totally. Totally. Have you
0: explored the N.A. world?
1: You know, I haven't done like the kind of like the N.A. spirits and the and the N.A. wines and beers Um And not for lack, because some people ask me, like, oh, will that be triggering? I'm like, I don't think so. I just, I'm, I mean, I love, like, I mean, I love, like, sparkling water. Like, Uh I've become very into juice. Like, love a good (laughs) juice. Love a good lemonade. And there was a while where I was going to do, like, a series of, like, making um, mocktails. And then I made, like, one mocktail, and I realized, like, I am truly so bad in the kitchen. I was like chopping up a grapefruit and I'm like, I don't even know how to cut this properly. So I decided the series was not going to happen. But, um, but that I was haven't. was fun. Yeah. I was like, like, wow, nothing makes you feel dumber than realizing you can't cut a freaking grapefruit. But um, no, but I haven't gone into the like kind of specific sort of NA versions of those drinks. Mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. Because I also don't know that, like I'm missing the flavor, so there's a mm-hmm. part of me that's like, I'd rather just have like a like a flavored um sparkling water or something totally um, just because for me, it was like I mean, I guess I guess I started to enjoy the flavors of wine, but I was never really like enjoying the flavor of anything I was no. drinking, you know, no, um, so. So I haven't really explored too much of that, Um, but, but I think there's like so many more options these days. Have you noticed that it seems to be like, there's like a non-alcoholic boom. And I don't know if it's like, you know, people getting sober because they got, you know, a, a problem developed more during the pandemic. And I wonder too, like, which, listen, in a capitalistic society, it's always going to be about making money, but I'm happy for these non-alcoholic companies yeah. to jump on the bandwagon and go like, we're going to tap into the wellness market and we're going to make money off this because it yeah. still gives us more options.
0: A hundred percent. I completely agree. I completely agree. Yeah. I found that some of the NA beers are so triggering. I'm like, this is too real. This feels wrong. I can't have this. <laughs>
1: this is just like, yeah. I don't Have you I don't Have it. you ever felt like, because I... I'm a very susceptible, um I'm just like very susceptible to like convincing myself of things. Have you ever like had one and like almost felt like I don't my know, convinced a bit. yourself you were tipsy or something? Yeah. I've always no. wondered about that. Okay, so maybe that's <laughs> just
0: a me problem. No, my friend did. He was house sitting for us and I had a whole six pack of NA beers because I did not like them. So they've just been in the fridge forever. And so he told me that he was drinking them and it wasn't until he finished the second one that he realized that they were (laughs) non-alcoholic.
1: Oh, really? That
0: is so funny. I'm just imagining like him in the living room being like, I'm so tipsy and being like, wait a second.
1: I feel like that's you know, in like old sitcoms of like someone being like, you know, I don't know, they had something and someone was like, Oh, that's like a, a weed brownie, and they're like, Oh, I'm I can feel it. And then it's like actually just like normal brownie. You they're like, no, totally dude. normal brownie. Yeah. No. No, well I used to when I was going to parties in college when I was still like twenty and I wouldn't drink. But I would just mimic the people around me sometimes because it was just like I thought of it as like a fun social experiment. So sometimes I would just like pretend and I would like act kind of tipsy with people. And then you do that enough and almost like you kind of like feel you feel it because our brains are so powerful. So I've always wondered, too, if like I would convince myself like I'm sh- the thing. The difference is you could snap out of it and be like, oh, no, I'm I'm fine. I I have right. my abilities. But I've always wondered if I would. <laughs> kind of talk myself into being like oh my god I'm drunk like, so <laughs> How I, don't fun though, yeah, no I don't know with no effects <laughs> I've definitely yeah, felt right? that way
0: about about drugs like if others are you know doing psychedelics around me I can kind of pick up that you're energy.
1: like me too <laughs> yeah, yeah. i totally I'm
0: like woo! I'm right there with you but yeah. like with yeah. drinking I haven't yeah haven't felt that as much no.
1: it's probably because you fun, you know because you're like your body's like no we know what it feels like this yeah. isn't it <laughs>
0: We're pretty familiar. We're pretty expert on how this is going to feel. And uh, this is not You're not. Yeah.
1: Yeah. (laughs) I remember thinking that the first time I got like a mocktail out at like a fancy restaurant. And I'm like, and I was so nervous about it too. Like I, the poor waiter, I asked him like so many times. I'm like, this is non-alcoholic. This is non-alcoholic. Like there's no (laughs) alcohol in this. And I even sipped it. And I was like, and I made my friend sip it because I'm like, tastes like alcohol. And she's like, no, it doesn't. (laughs) (laughs) She's like, she's like, it's it's a it's a lemonade. Like, I'm like, I can taste the alcohol. And I, I was so nervous about alcohol. it. I'm like, it's like, I could smell it or whatever. And they're like, no, it's not there. I'm like, all right. Just good to know it's my, like, trim- traumatized brain just being like. <sighs> no more. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Oh, my God. So funny. Uh, well, this has been incredible. Is there anything, anything that you want to share with listeners that are super curious or on their own sober journey right now?
1: I think just if you... If you have a sober curiosity, like, listen to that, like lean into that. It, I think a lot of people feel pressured or afraid that they have to label themselves, that they have to make some big declaration. But you don't. Like You can decide to not drink for whatever reason, doesn't have to fit into anything. You don't have to have some big, crazy, cartoonish, dramatic problem to decide you want to explore sobriety. And... Yeah, I mean there's there's nothing you're going to lose from giving it a try and maybe maybe you explore it and you see if it works for you but you only have the possibility to gain something you're not going to lose anything. So yeah, I just tell people in general I think we we have that intuition, we have that voice and we're also good at shoving it down. But if you've got that voice that's like pulling you to something in the sober space or Starting to kind of question things, like you know, give it some space and listen to it because it it's it is there for a reason. And if listeners want to follow
0: along with what you're up to, how can they find you?
1: You can follow me on Instagram. Just search Ari Eastman. TikTok, same thing. Um, and then yeah, my podcast is Sobriety with Ari Eastman on you know all the places that you find your podcasts and. I'm. I share way too much online, so you can you can definitely keep up with my every move. (laughs) Should you want to, I highly recommend. Thank
0: you so much for being here. This has just been an incredible conversation. So funny. So it's like the lighter side of sobriety, which I really enjoy.
1: Right. Well, that's the thing, is it? It's there too. You know what I mean? Like, it's not all so serious all the time. It's a. It's. There's a lot of fun in it, and there's humor in it too. And um, it doesn't. It doesn't change who you are you don't become like some stern like I don't know like librarian I don't know why I thought like you know what's a serious stern person a librarian a librarian uh, <laughs> sorry to all the wonderful funny librarians out there but yeah it, there's a lot of there's a lot of levity to it um, and yeah I, I enjoy kind of exploring that and definitely we'll have to have you on the podcast because this was awesome
0: oh my god so fun thank you thank you thank you That's it for today's show. Thank you so, so, so much for listening. I really hope you enjoyed. If you have a moment and you're in the Apple Podcast app, please rate and review the show. I could really use all the ratings I can get. And please share this episode with a friend that may benefit from it. Of course, hit subscribe to keep up with new weekly episodes. And if you're interested in supporting the show and being part of the litAF community, join our Patreon by visiting sarahcohan.com forward slash tip jar. That's S-A-R-A-H-C-O-H-A-N dot com forward slash tip jar. Thank you again for listening. Please stay lit, lit AF, and I hope to see you back here next week.